Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me, the podcast where I take characters real or imagined, and I fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today on Fantasize Me, we are going to be fantasizing our boy, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla, so my, you know, quote-unquote research that I do before each episode, I just look them up on Wikipedia. So, Nikola Tesla's Wikipedia, I read the whole thing, and boy is it long. So I'm going to try to summarize it for you. So he was born within the military frontier in the Austrian Empire on July 10th, 1856. That area is now present day Croatia. So the military frontier was kind of like this border area in the Austrian Empire, which kind of protected the area from incursions from the Ottoman Empire. His father, Militant Tesla, was a priest of the Eastern Orthodox Church, so very religious. His mother seemed to be very intelligent. She had a talent for making home craft tools and mechanical appliances, and she had the ability to memorize these Serbian epic poems. She had never received a formal education. Her name was Dukamandik, and... Tesla even credited his eidetic memory and creative abilities to his mother's genetics and her influence. And eidetic memories are, well, people get them confused with photographic memory. Photographic memory has never been proven to actually be a thing, but eidetic memory is just being able to recall an image from memory with very, I almost said very precise precision, um, very high precision for a certain period after seeing it just only one time. So Tesla had this incredible visual memory. He had a few siblings. He was the fourth of five children. Tesla completed primary school, followed by middle school, and then he attended the high school at the Higher Real Gymnasium. Classes were held in German, which he could speak. And Tesla wrote that he became interested in demonstrations of electricity by his physics professors. He said he was just so enamored by this mysterious phenomena and it made him want to know more about it. He was just so curious about electricity. And obviously, this is going to become very important to him later in life. Tesla was brilliant. He was able to perform integral calculus in his head. So a lot of his teachers just thought he was cheating because he could just do this really impressive calculus in his head. He finished his four-year term of this high school in just three years, graduating in 1873, but soon after graduating, he contracted cholera and was bedridden for nine months, near death, multiple times. So this bout of cholera that almost killed him was actually kind of lucky, because Tesla's father wanted Tesla to enter the priesthood like he himself had, but his son was so sick, his son was dying, he promised that if Tesla recovered from this illness, he would send him to the best engineering school. So after Tesla recovered, he was able to evade conscription into the Austro-Hungarian army. Conscription is just called the draft in the US, just being drafted into the military. So he kind of ran away, he explored some mountains, uh, and then eventually he enrolled at the Imperial Royal Technical College in Graz on a military frontier scholarship. In Tesla's autobiography, he said he worked so hard, earned the highest grades possible, passed nine exams, which were nearly twice as many as required, received a letter of commendation from the dean of the technical faculty, and just all of this stuff about how amazing he was as a student. But actually, in his third year, he was failing in school, and he never actually graduated. One biographer suggests that Tesla wasn't studying. He may have been expelled for gambling and womanizing. Tesla, stop. So after leaving this college, Tesla kind of severed just all relations with his family. His friends even thought like he was dead. They thought he had drowned in a nearby river. But anyway, he eventually would move to Budapest, Hungary, to work under Tividar Puskas at a telegraph company, uh, the Budapest Telephone Exchange. But upon arriving, Tesla is looking at this company, which was under construction, and he's like, this isn't functional. So he worked in the central telegraph office instead to kind of make this place functional. And he was even allocated the chief electrician. So then this man, Tividar Puskas, got Tesla a job in Paris with the Continental Edison Company. Edison? You recognize that name? <laughs> yeah. 
So he started working at this company. He gained a lot of practical experience in electrical engineering. Management even took notice of his advanced knowledge in engineering and physics, and Suda had him designing and building improved versions of generating dynamos. And dynamos are these generators that create direct currents. Direct currents, or DC, is when the energy is just moving in one direction. Eventually, Tesla will work more on alternating currents, or AC, where the electric current will periodically reverse its direction. But anyway, he eventually moved to the United States, worked in New York City. It seems that he may have only met Thomas Edison a couple of times, even though he's, he's working for him and was apparently like a very hard worker and a very good worker. But he only worked at this place for six months when he quit. Why he quit isn't entirely clear. It seems like Tesla said that the manager of Edison Machine Works offered a big bonus to him and it turned out to be a joke. And in other versions, Tesla was like, well, Edison himself offered a big bonus, then reneged on the deal. It suggested that Tesla may have been lying about the bonuses that he was offered and Edison reneging on them, but mm, we don't know. Tesla's diary contains just one comment and what happened at the end of his employment. And it's a note he scrawled across two pages saying goodbye to Edison Machine Works, which is so reminiscent of like stereotypical teenage girl just like <laughs> goodbye to the Edison Machine Works. And I love that for him. He's so dramatic. Eventually, he would go on to work on patenting a new lighting system, starting a company and you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna summarize this all by saying through his entire career, it just seemed to follow the same thing over and over where he would find funding, he would work to make really awesome stuff, but then people weren't interested or he would get unlucky and funding would fall through and he would move on to the next venture again and again and again. This article about him is so long and that theme just keeps repeating again and again. So he did a lot of things. He may have inadvertently captured an x-ray image, which predated the, you know, official announcement of the discovery of x-rays. So that's cool. I mean, he also made the Tesla coil, which I'm sure you're familiar about. It's in like every old sci-fi movie. It's just this big old tube with a coil wrapped around it that shoots lightning from it. <laughs> he did that. But Tesla seemed to dream so big and work so hard, but then, kind of jump from one thing to another. And again, that might not have necessarily been his fault. Like this tower, uh, Wardenclyffe Tower, which was supposed to be a wireless transmission tower, but funding fell through and he couldn't finish it. He moved on to uh, other things like the bladeless turbine. He tried to do some stuff with radio remote control, with some wireless power, with steam-powered oscillating generator, but this guy seemed, oh, I'm talking so much. So he seemed to just like have his head in the clouds and these really lofty dreams and ideas that he just could not figure out how to do. Like he claimed he had invented a motor that would run on cosmic rays, which he didn't. He also claimed he had designed a super weapon called the Teleforce, but it was often referred to as his death ray, which again, wasn't a thing. He said he had a mechanical oscillator that had caused an earthquake. It was so powerful and used barely any energy to create this intense power. He said his oscillator could destroy the Empire State Building with five pounds of air pressure. So just all of these lofty goals that he didn't, he just wasn't really able to meet. He would stay at these really fancy expensive hotels like the Waldorf Astoria in New York City and then kind of leave, just leaving all of these unpaid debts. He also really liked pigeons. Can we talk about this for a moment? He loved pigeons. He would go to the park every day to feed the pigeons and then he began feeding them at the windows of his hotel room, nursing injured burns back to health. He even talked about this certain white pigeon. He spent over 2000 to care for this pigeon. And he says, I have been feeding pigeons, thousands of them for years, but there is one, a beautiful bird, pure white with light gray tips on its wings. That one was different. It was a female. I had only to wish and call her and she would come flying to me. I loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman, and she loved me. As long as I had her, there was a purpose to my life. 
So that's sweet. But the pigeons made a huge mess in his hotels. So he would be just evicted and jump from hotel to hotel. But anyway, on January 7th, 1943, at the age of 86, Tesla died alone in room 3327 of the Hotel New Yorker. His body was found by a maid, Alice Monaghan, after she entered Tesla's room two days later. The cause of death was ruled coronary thrombosis, which is a blood clot in the heart, which can cause a heart attack. So 2,000 people attended a state funeral for Tesla. And then the day after his funeral, a second service was conducted by some priests in the Trinity Chapel. So Tesla seemed to have been this very brilliant man, clearly brilliant, who just couldn't really catch a break. He worked so hard, he barely slept apparently, and he just could not attain the level of greatness that he sought. He could not find the success that he wanted to find. And even after he died, his work kind of fell into relative obscurity. But then there's a kind of resurgence in popular interest in Tesla since the 1990s, you know, with everyone realizing that Edison was a complete dick. And they're like, oh, hey, this Tesla guy is actually pretty cool. And then there's that whole company Tesla. I mean, I don't like Elon Musk, but, you know, that's another thing that Tesla gave his name to, his legacy, as it were. So now that we know a bit about Tesla's extensive background, let's give him a background. So I'm looking through the backgrounds and I think I'm gonna go with Cloistered Scholar because Tesla did have a tendency to work alone. He always lived alone, he worked alone. He kind of secluded himself in his lab and just worked through the nights there by himself. So as a Cloistered Scholar, he's going to gain skill proficiencies in history and one from Arcana, Nature, or Religion. I think I'm gonna go with Arcana because in my opinion, that's the closest approximation D&D has to like technology. They really should just have like a technology skill, but that's fine. He's also going to get two languages of his choice. So we'll pick those once we have his race. So skill proficiencies in history and arcana and two languages of our choice. Now let's pick race. Okay, what race seems smart, you know? What one is going to be intelligent? Maybe Vidalkin? Let's see. They believe that progress is an endless march toward a state of perfection that can never be reached. Okay, okay, yeah. So so let's make him a Vidalkin. I think I made someone else a Vidalkin before. Maybe Cleopatra? Well, I, I don't remember. But a Vidalkin, that's perfect. Progress, like dispassionate progress. That makes a lot of sense because Tesla did definitely believe in eugenics, which is gross. But as of a Vidalkin, he's going to get plus two to intelligence and plus one to wisdom. That's pretty good. He has Vidalkin Dispassion. So advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. That's insane. Just advantage on three of the six saving throws right off the bat. That's insane. Oh, it looks like for their size, they're usually tall and slender. And Nikola Tesla was very tall and slender. He was six foot two. He weighed 142 pounds. And it was described that he had very big hands. So you know what that means. <laughs> Good at choking. <laughs> oh, 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 I shouldn't say that but I'm not wrong. Also as a Vidalkin, he gets tireless precision. So he's going to be proficient in one of the following skills of his choice. Arcana, history, investigation, medicine, performance, or sleight of hand. And he's also proficient with one tool of his choice. So uh, let's see, one skill proficiency. I'm gonna do investigation. I just think he had a really incredible memory. He must have been so used to just pouring over documents and blueprints, looking for what he needed to make his inventions work. And then one tool of his choice. Uh, let's do, I'm gonna give him Smith's tools. So I think it would be cool for him to be able to like, you know, make his own things. 
and stuff that must be helpful for inventing. So awesome. So we gave him proficiency in investigation and in Smith's tools. And also because of this tireless precision, whenever he makes an ability check with a chosen skill or tool, he can add a D4 to the check's total. That is really cool. He's also partially amphibious, so he can breathe underwater for up to an hour. And once he's reached that limit, he can't use this trait again until he's finished a long rest. That's, you know, that's kind of cool. He can just stay underwater. I don't know what he would do there. I don't know what kind of stuff Tesla gets into, but now he can do it underwater. For languages, he can speak, read, and write common, Vidalcan, and one other language of his choice. So let's do Elvish. And because of his cloistered scholar background, he is going to get another two languages. So common, Vidalcan, Elvish. Let's do Primordial, because it's fun to say. And Dwarvish, because they're also very impressive craftsmen, typically. Boom, look at that, five languages. Awesome. Nikola Tesla was a polyglot. He could speak eight languages, which is very impressive. I barely speak English. No, I speak English fine. Uh, I speak a, a little bit of French, so I am essentially the same as Nikola Tesla. But he could speak Serbo-Croatian, Czech, English, French, German, Hungarian, Italian, and Latin. Very impressive. So boom, we have background, cloistered scholar, we have race, Vidalkin. So now we can roll for stats. That's when you take a d6, a six-sided die, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, and add up the remaining three to get one of the six stats. Okay, so we're gonna do that six times. So I rolled for Tesla and he got 11, 11, 11, 16, eight, and 14. He got three 11s all in a row. That is, I don't know, interesting? Maybe it's not. Anyway, so those aren't, those aren't really bad. Those are, those are pretty good. Uh, so 16's gotta go into intelligence, his highest stat. And as a Vidalcan, he gets a plus two to that. So that becomes an 18 intelligence, which is a plus four modifier. Beautiful. I think next is going to be wisdom, which is a 14. He gets a plus one for being a Vidalcan, which is a 15, which is a plus two modifier. Next highest, he has three 11s. So let's do, let's put them into charisma. Ooh, definitely constitution and dexterity. So eight is going to go into strength. So strength is going to be a negative one. He's very frail. He doesn't eat much. He doesn't sleep much. Uh, he just, you know, works out his mind, not so much his body, even though he did, he would walk like a few miles every day. Regardless, so we're starting with 8 Strength, 11 Dexterity, 11 Constitution, 18 Intelligence, 15 Wisdom, and 11 Charisma. I love that for him. Now that we have all that squared away, we get to pick his class. Alright, I've given this a lot of thought, which is to say I've given it some thought, and I think our boy Nikki Tessel is going to start as a Cleric. Because his father was really religious, his grandfather was really religious, so he's definitely born and raised in a very religious household. So I think it makes sense for him to have some ties to that religious past. So yeah, we're gonna start with Cleric because I said so. So Clerics have D8s for their hit dice. At first level, he's gonna have eight hit points, which is just the highest number on the die, plus his constitution, which unfortunately is a zero. So. He's not going to have a lot of health, which is fine. You don't need that. It's, it's, it's okay. He's going to gain proficiency in light armor, medium armor, and shields, simple weapons, and wisdom and charisma saving throws. I just don't understand. Where do the charisma saving throws come from? Like, I get why it's wisdom, because that's a cleric spellcasting ability, but they don't have anything to do with charisma. They, like... Uh, whatever. Like, constitution would be so much more useful, or even dexterity, or I, I don't know, but proficiency in charisma saving throws. So he has a plus four to wisdom saving throws and plus two to charisma saving throws. He's also going to gain two skill proficiencies from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. I think I'm going to go with 
insight. So that's going to become a plus four. And religion, which is going to be plus six. So as a cleric, he has spellcasting. So he's going to know three cantrips of his choice from the cleric spell list. I always recommend one of those being guidance because it is such a beautiful cantrip. It just lets you add a d4 to an ability check. That's beautiful. And you can just keep using it because it's a cantrip. So you can just keep adding d4s to all of your ability checks outside of combat. And I love that for him. So clerics prepare their spells. So they have access to the entire cleric spell list, but they can only choose spells to cast equal to their wisdom modifier plus their cleric level. So right now he can have three first level spells prepared because he only has access to first level spell slots. As I mentioned before, his spellcasting ability is Wisdom. So his spell save DC, which is the number a target has to equal or beat on their saving throw in order to resist one of Tesla's spell effects, is going to be 8 plus his proficiency bonus plus his Wisdom modifier. Proficiency bonus at first level is 2. Wisdom is 2. So his spell save DC at first level is going to be 12 which is not very good, but it'll it'll get better as he goes. And his spell attack bonus is just going to be proficiency bonus plus his wisdom modifier, so plus four. Also, not very good. Again, it's fine. He's fine. So also at first level, he's going to pick his divine domain. So what divine domain is he going to be a part of? What does he worship? What is his goal? And I think he has a lot of really lofty goals. So we're going to go with the ambition domain. So Tesla's definitely so ambitious. I just mentioned how he has to prepare spells, but the ambition domain gives him the spells Bane and Disguise Self automatically. They're already stocked. You don't have to stock them. And those don't count against the number of spells that you have to prepare. First level, he's also going to gain the ability Warding Flare. So when he's attacked by a creature within 30 feet of him that he can see, he can use his reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll, causing light to flare before the attacker before it hits or misses. An attacker that can't be blinded is immune to this feature, and he can use this number of times equal to his wisdom modifier per long rest. So right now he can use this twice. And I'm just going to flavor this that he's got like a little Tesla coil that he has. And when a creature comes to attack him, he can just flash this bolt of electricity to momentarily blind them, you know, creating this really big distraction, potentially causing them to miss. Because I would say having electricity just flare up in your face is pretty distracting. We're going to go second level in Cleric where he gets his channel divinity. So once per short or long rest, he can just call upon this divine energy directly from his deity. I don't know who he's worshipping. Probably capital G God. So all clerics get the channel divinity option turn undead. If you've listened to other episodes of this, you know I'm not a big fan of turn undead. You use your action and any undead within 30 feet of you that can see or hear you has to make a wisdom saving throw. And if they fail, they are turned for one minute. So they have to spend all of their turns trying to move away from you. I just don't think that's especially useful. Definitely not at higher levels, but it's something you can do. But what's really cool is he also gets a channel divinity from the ambition domain called Invoke Duplicity. This is a really fun one. So as an action, Tesla can just create a perfect illusion of himself that lasts for a minute or until Tesla loses his concentration on this illusion. The illusion appears in unoccupied space that he can see within 30 feet of him. And as a bonus action on his turn, he can move his illusion up to 30 feet. It just has to remain within 120 feet of him. And for the whole duration, so this whole minute, he can cast spells as though he were in the illusion space but he has to use his own senses. So like if the illusion was around a corner, then it would be really hard to cast spells from him because he couldn't actually see what the illusion is seeing. Also, when both Tesla and his illusion, which will now be known as Shadow Tesla, are within five feet of a creature that can see Shadow Tesla, Tesla's going to have advantage on attack rolls against that creature, given how distracting Shadow Tesla is to the target. And of course it's going to be distracting. There's like this six foot two kind of gaunt, big handed lightning daddy coming at you, while there's this six foot two big handed shadowy lightning daddy also coming at you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shadow Daddy, that's fun to say. You should try it. So I think that's a pretty cool ability. And I actually think that's going to be it for Cleric. 
it's kind of unusual for me to stop multi-classing after two levels. Usually I go to at least three, maybe four before I multi-class, but I think we're just going to take the two levels in Cleric, and now we're going to multi-class into Artificer for third level. So Artificers also have D8s for hit dice, so his health isn't really going to go down or up. So multi-classing into Artificer is going to give him skill proficiencies in Thieves Tools and Tinkers Tools. So that's fun. Now he can steal things and he can tinker. And I love that for him. But as a first level artificer, he's going to gain magical tinkering. So now Daddy Tesla is just, oh, I guess I've taken to calling him Daddy Tesla. That's fine. It's been a long pandemic. Daddy Tesla is, you know, starting to tinker. He's starting to think about electricity, get this more scientific mind, as it were. So now he can invest a spark of magic into mundane objects. And whenever I've played a artificer or had like an artificer NPC, I always flavor it as it's not magic. With D&D's rules, artificers are spellcasters, but I always like to say that it's just advanced science. Because, you know, any technology advanced enough is just going to look like magic anyway. So now Tesla can touch a tiny non-magical object as an action and give it one of the following magical properties of his choice. So the object can shed bright light in a five foot radius and dim light for an additional five feet, which is cool. He can just maybe surge an electrical current through an object to make it glow. Another property, whenever tapped by a creature, the object emits a recorded message that can be heard up to 10 feet away. You utter the message when you bestow this property on the object and the recording can be no more than six seconds long. Next property, the object continuously emits your choice of an odor or a non-verbal sound. So something like wind or leaves rustling, fire crackling, and the chosen phenomenon is perceivable up to 10 feet away. The last property you can bestow is a static visual effect that appears on the object's surfaces. And the object can be a picture, up to 25 words of text, lines, and shapes, or a mixture of these elements as you like. So that's really cool. He can just send messages into this item and give it to someone else to read. The chosen property is going to last indefinitely, and as an action, he can touch the object and end the property early. With magical tinkering, he can even bestow magic on multiple objects though a single object can only bear one property at a time. And the maximum number of objects he can affect is equal to his intelligence modifier, which is plus four. So we can do this to four different objects or four different effects. If he tries to exceed this maximum and enchant a fifth one, then the oldest property is going to immediately end and then the new one is going to apply. So that's pretty cool. He can do a lot of creative stuff with that. So he's also going to have quote unquote spell casting. He has to use tools in order to channel the magic through. So he has his smith's tools, his tinkerer's tools, or his thieves' tools. So he has to have those in hand whenever he casts a spell. So he's going to know two cantrips of his choice from the artificer spell list. He is going to also be able to prepare spells, just like he can do with the cleric spells. So it can be his intelligence modifier plus half his artificer level rounded down, with a minimum of one from that. So... Half of one rounded down with a minimum of one is one, plus his intelligence modifier. So we can have five artificer spells prepared. And whenever he finishes a long rest, just like with Cleric, he can switch out his spells. Unlike Cleric, his spellcasting ability is going to be intelligence. So his spell save DC for his artificer spells is going to be 14, eight plus two plus four. And his spell attack modifier is going to be plus six. So he's gonna be a lot better with his artificer spells than his Cleric spells. Fourth level, we are going to go second in Artificer. So second level, he gets Infuse Items. So he can imbue mundane items with certain magical infusions. So he's going to know four Artificer infusions that he can learn. And whenever he finishes a long rest, he can touch a non-magical object and imbue it with one of these infusions, turning it into a magical item. The infusion is going to remain on an item indefinitely, but when Tesla dies, the infusion vanishes after a number of days equal to his intelligence modifier. The infusion also vanishes if you replace the infusion that you used with another one, and you can do that every time you level up. So right now he can infuse two non-magical items at a time and he can have four of these infusions. So let's look at these infusions, see what he can learn, see what he can do. I think just to start, really simple ones, enhanced arcane focus. So a creature can gain plus one bonus to spell attack rolls. 
and the creature ignores half cover when making spell attacks. Enhanced defense is also good, where a creature gains a plus one bonus to their AC while they're wearing the infused item. Enhanced weapon gives a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. And I think the last one is going to be the Mind Sharpener. That's a really good one. So it has four charges, and when the wearer of this new magic item fails a concentration save to maintain concentration of a spell, they can just use their reaction to expend one of the charges to instead succeed. So those are just really simple ones, but really good ones. So he can just help himself out, he can load himself up with magical items, or he can dole them out to allies. I don't know if Daddy Tesla really has many allies. He's he's more of a lone wolf, you know? Fifth level, as a third level artificer, he's going to pick his subclass. So his artificer specialization. So I think we are going to go with Battlesmith. So Battlesmith is an expert at defending others and repairing both material and personnel. So battlesmiths are accompanied by a steel defender, a protective companion of their own creation. So I think that's fitting because Daddy Tesla is this lone wolf. So it would make sense that he would build this thing to help protect him. So as a battlesmith, he's going to gain tool proficiencies in smith's tools. Huh, we already gave him that. So he's going to get a proficiency with another type of artisan's tools of his choice. So I'm gonna say cobbler's tools. So now he can make shoes. <laughs> so Daddy Tesla is just making these hot pumps now. He also gets Battlesmith spells. So starting at third level, he's always going to have certain spells prepared. So now he always has Heroism and Shield prepared. And Shield is such a good spell. It's just a reaction that increases your armor class by five until the start of your next turn. So that is a great spell that normally artificers and clerics can't learn. I'm pretty sure artificers can't learn them. Regardless, he has it now. Additionally, he gets the ability Battle Ready. So he has tool proficiency with martial weapons, and now when he attacks with a magic weapon, he can use his intelligence modifier instead of strength or dexterity for the attack and damage rolls. Well, that's awesome because he has that magical infusion to give his weapon a plus one to attack and damage rolls and make it magic. So I can use his intelligence modifier instead of strength or dexterity. And that's so good because he has minus one to strength plus zero to dexterity, but plus four to intelligence. He's going to be so good at hitting things with sticks or other weapons. I don't know what he's got. Probably just like a big ass sword. Why not? <laughs> no, uh, the last thing he gets... Wow, okay, so he gets four things. So the fourth thing he gets is called Steel Defender. So this is his Steel Defender. He has created this faithful companion. Uh, maybe it's that pigeon I previously talked about. And he used his abilities to just give his pigeon a massive mech suit. So yes, that is canon now. Nikola Tesla has a bird that he's kind of in love with, and he made it a body. Um, so his defender is going to share his initiative count, but it's going to take its turn immediately after Daddy Tesla's. It can move and use its reaction on its own, but the only action it takes on its turn is the dodge action, unless Daddy Tesla takes a bonus action on his turn to command it to take another action, which can be something in his stat block. So the action he can take is called Force Empowered Rend which is going to be Tesla's spell attack modifier to hit, which right now is going to be plus seven. His proficiency bonus went up to three at fifth level, and he has plus four to intelligence. So plus seven to hit, and it's going to do 1d8 plus three force damage, which is pretty good. He can just have his pigeon friend attack. Let's give this pigeon a name, actually. Um, how about Bernadette? Yes, okay, so his Pigeon Bernadette now has Force Empowered Rend, and three times a day they can use Repair. So the magical mechanisms inside of Bernadette's Steel Defender mech can heal 2d8 plus 3 hit points to itself or to one constructor object within 5 feet of it. And again, they can use that three times a day. And for a reaction, Bernadette can use Deflect Attack. 
So she's going to impose disadvantage on the attack roll of one creature it can see that's within five feet of it, provided the attack roll is against a creature other than Bernadette. So say someone gets up close and personal and goes after Daddy Tesla, well, Bernadette can impose disadvantage on it. And what I really like about this is because of Tesla's ambition domain from his cleric subclass, he can also use his reaction to impose disadvantage on attack rolls. So it's actually going to be really hard to hit Daddy Tesla, especially because he'd also have this Shadow Daddy come out to distract his enemies. Daddy Tesla is a crafty boy, which I'm pretty sure is what is engraved on his tombstone. Uh, I'm actually being told right now that yes, that is engraved on his tombstone. Sixth level, fourth and artificer, that's going to be an ability score improvement. I think we're just going to bump his intelligence to the max. So now he has 20 intelligence, which is a plus five modifier. Beautiful, look at that. So now his spell save DC is 16, which is so good. His spell attack bonus is plus eight, which is awesome. And remember, because he's a battlesmith, if he's using a weapon that he made magic, it's going to get a plus one to his attack rolls. So he's going to have plus nine to his attack and plus six to damage. That's really awesome. He's so good at stabbing things with a magic sword. Fifth level in Artificer, seventh overall, he's just going to gain access to second level Artificer spells. So that's cool, has some more versatility because now we can prepare second level artificer spells. So also at fifth level, he's going to gain something else from his battlesmith artificer specialty, and it's just extra attack. So now he can attack twice rather than once whenever he takes the attack action on his turn. So we can just swing with that sword twice now. He's been working out doing some push-ups. His strength is still minus one, but that's okay because he uses intelligence. So maybe he's doing mental push-ups. He's just gotten really into Sudoku. Eighth level, that's sixth in Artificer. He gains tool expertise. So now his proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check he makes that uses his tool proficiencies. So if he uses his smith's tools, his artisan's tools, his thieves' tools, or his cobbler's tools, he's going to gain a plus six to that roll. That is really awesome. And eventually, as he levels up, that's going to be a plus 12 to those rolls, because proficiency bonus can become a plus six. Ninth level, that is seventh in Artificer, he gains Flash of Genius. So when Daddy Tesla or another creature he can see within 30 feet of him makes an ability check or a saving throw, he can use his reaction to add his plus five intelligence modifier to that roll. And he can use this a number of times equal to his intelligence modifier, so five times, and regains all expended uses when he finishes a long rest. So that's awesome. Say he has to make a dexterity saving throw and he fails it, he can use his reaction to just automatically add five to that roll for himself. Or say his lovely pigeon in a mech suit, Bernadette, fails a saving throw. Boom, he can just add five to their saving throw. Tenth level, that is going to be eighth and artificer, another ability score improvement. For this one, I think we're going to bump up wisdom. It's sitting at a 15 right now. And if we use just one of the two points that we get for an ability score improvement, we can move that to a 16, which is a plus three modifier. So that'll really help all of his cleric spells. His cleric save DC and his cleric spell attack rolls use wisdom. Now we have another point. I'm going to put that into constitution to make that constitution a 12, which is a plus one modifier. So your constitution modifier helps to determine your health. So when you raise it, you get health retroactively. So he's a 10th level character right now. So Daddy Tesla is automatically going to gain 10 additional hit points. I love that for him. That's so cool. So now 11th level, that is going to be another artificer specialization feature from the Battlesmith called Arcane Jolt. So when either Daddy Tesla or Bernadette hits a target, Tesla can channel magical energy through the strike to create one of the following effects. So the target can take an extra 2d6 force damage, or Tesla can choose one creature or object he can see within 30 feet of it, and healing energy will flow into the chosen recipient, restoring 2d6 hit points to it. He can use this a number of times equal to his intelligence modifier, but can do so no more than once on a turn. 
and he's going to regain all expended uses when he finishes a long rest. So he can do this five times per long rest, but no more than once on a turn. So this is really awesome. So we can just kind of flavor it that instead of force damage, it does lightning damage, where he hits someone and then can just course electricity through them because it's tesla he's all about that ac baby so daddy tesla takes a swing with his magic sword and then electrocutes them dealing an additional 2d6 lightning damage or he can use healing energy and he can hit someone and then heal himself 2d6 hit points that's really cool he can heal through violence that's fun now at 12th level, he's going to gain something called Magic Item Adept. So normally you can only attune up to three magic items at once. But now he can attune up to four magic items at once. And it also takes less time now for him to craft magical items with a rarity of common or uncommon. So if he's making these magical items, it just takes him less time and he can wear four of them at once. That's pretty cool. 13th level, 11th and Artificer, that is going to be Spell Storing Item. So this is, this is kind of a cool ability. So he can now store a spell in an object. Every time he finishes a long rest, he can touch one simple or martial weapon or one item that he can use as a spell casting focus, and he stores a spell in it, choosing a first or second level spell from the Artificer spell list that requires one action to cast. So while holding the object, a creature can use an action to just produce the spell's effect from it using Daddy Tesla's spellcasting ability modifier. If the spell requires concentration, the creature has to concentrate, and the spell stays in the object until it's been used a number of times equal to twice your intelligence modifier, which is 10 times. So he can just store cure wounds in his sword and then just have 10 free uses of a first level cure wounds. That's, that's actually kind of cool. I, uh, I like that. 14th level, that is 12th in Artificer. That's another ability score improvement. I think we've maxed out his intelligence. We've raised his wisdom and constitution. Let's go for a feat. Oh, I know what feat I'm going to give him. It's been a while since I've given this to anyone. I'm going to give him Warcaster because he's a battlesmith. So he's a spellcaster who's often in melee range. So maintaining concentration on spells is going to be really important. So now he's going to have advantage on constitution saving throws that he makes to maintain concentration of these spells. Boom, look at that. He can also now perform the somatic components of spells, even when he has weapons or a shield in one or both hands. And he has proficiency in, you know, weapons and shields, so he's probably wielding a sword and shield. But now he can cast spells using these hand movements, even when his hands are busy doing other things, like stabbing. And the last ability that Warcaster gives is when a hostile creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack from Daddy Tesla, he can use his reaction to cast a spell at the creature rather than making an opportunity attack. So the spell has to have a casting time of one action and must target only that creature. So that's really cool. Someone tries to run away from Daddy Tesla because they're just getting attacked by Bernadette and this giant steel mech and Shadow Daddy. He can, I don't know, hit them with like a hold person and keep them there. That's really fun. So there, he has the Warcaster feat. I love that for him. 15th level, that's 13th in Artificer. That is going to give him access to now 4th level Artificer spells. At 9th level, he gained 3rd uh, level. But now he has access to 4th level Artificer spells. So some really cool things he can do there. 14th level in Artificer, 16th overall, he gets Magical Item Savant, so now he can attune up to five magic items at once. He can now ignore all class, race, spell, and level requirements on attuning or using a magic item, which is really cool because some magic items can only be used by elves, some can only be used by barbarians, but now he can use all those. 17th level, 15th in Artificer, he's going to gain his last Battlesmith feature called Improved Defender. So now his Arcane Jolt and Bernadette become more powerful. So the extra damage and the healing of his Arcane Jolt both increase to 4d6. So now when here Bernadette hit a target, they'll take an additional 4d6 lightning damage, or he can heal someone within 30 feet of the target for 4d6 hit points. That's really cool. Also, Bernadette gains a plus two to her armor class. So now she has an armor class of 17, which is really awesome. She's going to be much harder to hit now. 
And whenever Bernadette uses their deflect attack reaction, the attacker is going to take force damage equal to 1d4 plus Tesla's intelligence modifier. So that one's probably not especially useful, but essentially once per round, Bernadette can deal force damage equal to 1d4 plus 5. So, you know, that, that'll, that'll add up. 16th level and Artificer, 18th overall. Another ability score improvement. I say let's give him another feat. I think I am going to give him... Let's see. Well, we made him kind of this frontline fighter along with Bernadette. I'm going to give him Fighting Initiate. So he's been swinging this sword for a long time now. So he's developed a fighting style. So we can learn one fighting style option of his choice from the fighter class list. So, you know, I think he loves Bernadette an awful lot. I am going to give him the protection fighting style. So now when a creature he can see attacks a target other than Daddy Tesla that's within five feet of him, he can use his reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. And he has to be wielding a shield to do this, which I said he already has. So now if a target goes against Bernadette, he can use protection to give them disadvantage. And if a target goes after Daddy Tesla, Bernadette can use deflect attack to impose disadvantage on that attack roll. So as long as Daddy Tesla and Bernadette are right next to each other, which they probably will be, they're in love. It's very cute. No one will be able to take attacks against them without disadvantage unless they have advantage or Daddy Tesla or Bernadette already use their reaction to do something else. So I think that is a really awesome combination. Just boom, disadvantage, boom, disadvantage. And he still has his ambition domain where he can just shoot that electricity in front of someone's face to give them disadvantage as well. And he's got Shadow Daddy to give himself advantage on his two attacks that he can make per turn. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty fun. 19th level, that is 17th in Artificer. He is going to gain access to 5th level Artificer spells. Artificers are half casters, so they don't have as many spell slots and they don't go up to as high of a spell level as full casters like Cleric or Wizard or Bard. But now fifth level Artificer spells, that's awesome. Now it is 18th level, 20th overall. He gains Magic Item Master. So now he can attune up to six magic items at once and that's it, which is a kind of a boring ability, but you gotta remember he has his infusions and starting at 18th level, he can now make six of these magical infusions at a time. So he can essentially, he can make six magic items and then wear all of them. So that's really great. He can just, he can gain a bonus to his armor class. He can gain charges to maintain concentration on spells. He can gain bonus to his attack rolls. I haven't gone over any infusions since the first time we talked about them, but there are a lot that he can do. He can even make another friend called a homunculus servant that can also fight alongside him. There are a lot of really cool infusions. I'm not gonna get into them because I feel like I've been talking for a very long time. I'm gonna have to do some serious editing for this episode. And that's so much fun for me. But that is Daddy Tesla, uh, Nikola Tesla. He is this inventor extraordinaire, background cloistered scholar. We had his race as Vidalkin. He's a second level ambition domain cleric and an 18th level battlesmith artificer. He and Bernadette, his pigeon friend in a giant mech suit, are just tearing things up. His ending stats were 8 strength, 11 dexterity, 12 constitution, 20 intelligence, 16 wisdom, and 11 charisma. For skills, he had plus 11 to Arcana, plus 11 to History, plus 9 to Insight, plus 11 to Investigation, and plus 11 to Religion. So pretty good on all of those. Saving throws, he has plus 9 to Wisdom saving throws and plus 6 to Charisma saving throws. And remember, as of a Vidalkin, he actually has advantage on his Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma saving throws. So there's just a really small chance that he'll fail any of those roles. Also, because of Warcaster, he has advantage on his constitution saving throws that he makes to maintain concentration. So he's just got advantage on all sorts of saving throws. Languages, he has Common, Vidalkin, 
Elvish, Primordial, and Dwarvish. For his tools, he has Smith's tools, Tinkerer's tools, Thieves' tools, and Cobbler's tools to make shoes. Feats, he has Warcaster and Fighting Initiate. So my idea for Tesla is, you know, he's going into battle. He's probably just facing down Edison. Edison's got some like BS lightning shit going on. And Tesla's like, ha ha you fool. You are so ostentatious. Get ready to be taken down by my inventions that are not as flashy, but just better overall. And then he stabs Edison a bunch, blasts him with lightning from his weapon. And then this pigeon flies down in this massive mech suit and they just start wailing on Edison. Uh, Edison's trying to fight back. He goes to attack Bernadette the pigeon in a giant mech suit, but Tesla imposes disadvantage. So Edison goes to attack Tesla, but Bernadette imposes disadvantage. All of a sudden there's this shadow Tesla, this shadow daddy coming after him. Edison just can't seem to hit Tesla because he's got all of these magic items doing these really awesome effects, like this propulsion shield that's just blasting him back. He thinks he can stop his concentration on these magical effects, but all of a sudden his cloak jolts him and Daddy Tesla is able to maintain concentration. And he and Bernadette just work to just, you know, I don't know, rip Edison apart and blast him full of lightning. And I honestly... I love that for him. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasize Me. I was going to go in a more kind of, I don't know, traditional route and make Tesla just have a lot of lightning and electrical abilities. But then I thought about it and he did work on the AC, the alternating current a lot, but he had a ton of other inventions too. So, you know, like his death ray, which, which is which is uh, fun to think about, even though it was not real. So I made a build that was maybe a little more avant-garde, you know, Daddy Tesla with this magical sword and shield with a pigeon piloting this eight foot tall suit of metal. But that's that's Tesla in a nutshell. You know what I mean? So be sure to follow me on Twitter fantasize me pod send in those recommendations i now have a growing list of recommendations that i can pull from so thank you so much for that you can also email in character suggestions to fantasize me pod at gmail.com and also over on my ko-fi which is ko-fi.com slash fantasize me i have my elemental codex a supplement of 100 elemental spells available for purchase it's normally 5.95 but until january 1st it is 50% off, so only $2.97 USD for that. I have to say USD because I've got fans all over the world now, which is crazy to think about. People in, I think, 12 different countries have listened to this podcast, which is awesome. I just got over 300 listens due to the popularity of the Guy Fieri episode, which was surprising. Just got over 600 Twitter followers. So thank you all so much for your continued support. This is awesome. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, email and character suggestions by the Elemental Codex while it is still on sale. And thank you so much for listening. We will do this again next week. Bye.